in a uh, rock group semester. Suzette mentioned that already before, and we're going through this book called Win the Day. And uh, I love the fact that my wife is having a girls' rock group at our house and made red beans and rice on Monday because I got to partake of the overflow. Come on, somebody. And, but you know, I just want to encourage you to, to consider this. You know, sometimes I'll have people go, yeah, I don't really feel like I'm, you know, part of uh, our church. And I will say, well, to be, feel like you're part of the church, you actually have to be a part of the church, which, <laughs> hello, uh, which means uh, show up at a prayer meeting, get in a rock group, serve somewhere, just engage in the life of the church. So, you know, you can't just come once a month and uh, slip in, slip out, and expect to feel like you're a part of what's going on because church is not just a, a meeting we attend. It's a life we share together. It's a tribe that walks through life together. So um, just encourage you to get in a rock group. If you're not in one, uh, I think you'll really enjoy that. So we're talking about the concept of winning the day. And, uh, you know, winning the day is really about filling your day with the things that move you in the direction you want to go. You don't have to be perfect with it. But, uh, but you, you got to put the right ingredients in a number of days. And when you win one day and win the next day and win the next day, eventually you start winning in life. And to, uh, to also not, not only just uh, put new things in, but sometimes there's things you've got to remove. Hello. Uh, out of your life that things that just aren't taking you where you want to go. And so if you can string together enough winning days, eventually you start actually winning in life. And the opposite is also true. Uh, if you string together a, a bunch of, of sloppy days, weeks, months, you can end up with a sloppy life with no direction and no sense of purpose. So it, the idea is not just let's try to cram a bunch of, you know, a million things into every day, but the idea certainly is to understand what your season is and get intentional about what happens in your day. All of us are in different seasons uh, of life, and, you know, some of us have babies at home, and that's a season uh, some of us don't have any babies at home. That's a wonderful season. Uh, 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 somebody asked, I saw that I haven't seen in a long time the other day, said, how do you like being a grandparent? I, it is awesome to be a grandparent because I get to love on my grandkids and then send them home and go to sleep when I want to go to sleep, wake up when I want to wake up, and I'm not having a mess with all that. But, but the truth is, all of us are at different places, different stages, different things going on in our life, and you got to understand your season and get intentional about what happens in your day today. You'd have to fill every minute with something great, but you got to make sure you put the big rocks in first. 
you, you got to put in the big pieces first and make sure they take you in the right direction. So really asking ourselves the question, what's most important to you? Uh, and you got to make sure those things go in first. So the title of today's uh, talk is this concept, Eat the Frog. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully cooked. It, it really comes off of a uh, quote that's attributed to, to Mark Twain, uh, where he says, if it's your job to eat a frog, it's best to do it first thing in the morning, which does not sound appealing to me at all. Uh, and if it's your job to eat two frogs, it's best to eat the biggest one first. So winning the day starts with a mindset. And part of that mindset is this. If you do little things like they're big things, then God can do big things like they're little things. Uh, another way to look at it is to go, is this mindset. The way you do small things is the way you'll do big things. Another way to look at it is this. The way you do anything is the way you do everything. So, how many of you know the, the people who are late are almost always late? The people you can count on, you can almost always count on them. The way you do anything is the way you do everything. The way you do small things is eventually going to show up in the way you do big things. So I love this idea that Jesus gave us in Luke chapter 16. He said, he who is faithful in a very little thing is faithful also in much. But he who is unrighteous in a very little thing is unrighteous also in much. Therefore, if you've not been faithful in the use of unrighteous wealth, who will entrust the true riches to you? And if you've not been faithful in the use of that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? And I love this idea because Jesus is saying, if you be faithful in a small thing, that's the way you'll start to be with the bigger things in life. If you'll be faithful with your finances, then God will be able to actually entrust the true riches to you. Because how we handle our financial resources tells God what's most important to us. If he's most important, then he can release true riches to us. Which I look at true riches as something like insight, as, as authority, as the ability to see life clearly and to spot opportunities and, and take those opportunities and to have peace in my soul, to have joy in my life. If I'll be faithful with, with unrighteous wealth, he'll entrust true riches. Somebody say true riches. 
true riches to me. And then he says, if you'll be faithful in that which belongs to another, because ultimately we all have to realize we don't really own anything. We all are stewards of what's given to us. So when we recognize the things that belong to somebody else, if I can be faithful to that, then God can entrust more and more authority into my life. If, if you'll be faithful with what you have, you're more likely to be faithful with what you get. Some of us would like to have more, but the truth is you got to prove faithfulness is what you have before you get more. Right, Jesus taught this over and over in his parables. You know, guys were given a mina, uh, which is, a, a, you know, an allotment of financial resource, and they were faithful with it. They grew it, and because they were faithful with one, they got given ten. Small wins accumulate into big gains. There's, a, there's the story of uh, the uh, cycling coach for Great Britain several years ago. Great Britain had never won the Tour de France, and there was a cycling coach that came on board for them, a guy named Dave Brailsford. Dave Brailsford believed in this concept called the aggregation of marginal gains. Everybody say that with me. No, you don't have to. The, <laughs> the aggregation of marginal gains. And what he, what he believed is this, if we could just 1% improve things day by day by day, ultimately it brings improvement to everything that we put our hand to. So his belief was if we could fix the wind shear, if we could get a better seat, if we could just improve things one by one, those small gains, the little bitty things would come together and ultimately, Great Britain won the Tour de France under his leadership. Mark Batterson says in his book, you cannot plan for a Pentecost, but you can prepare for a Pentecost. In other words, you, you can't plan when will God do something in my life, but you can start getting yourself ready for what God wants to do. So, he said, how, how, do you, how do you prepare for a Pentecost? Pray 10 days in a row. If you do the right thing day in, day out, eventually you unleash the power of winning the day. I, the, the things I want to talk about today, I've thought long and hard about these ideas and so I'm not talking only theory to you. I'm really talking out of my heart for this. Ephesians 5, verse 15 says, Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise. In other words, don't be stupid. Making the most of your time because the days are evil. So then, don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So he says, I want you to be careful how you walk. I, the, the, the idea in the original language means I want you to look with exactness at how you're spending your time. Because I think a lot of us fool ourselves with our intentions 
but don't really live it out in the way we spend our time. I'm going to try this side of the room. A lot of times we fool ourselves with our intentions. We have good intentions, but it doesn't play out in the way we actually spend our time. So we say, my relationship with God is really important in my life, but we haven't cracked the Bible open in a month. Amen. You, you probably don't need this, but in first service, they needed this bad. <laughs> haven't really stopped and had a legit prayer time in who knows how long. We, we can say, my family is important to me. That's my intention. But does it show up in how we spend our time? We can say, uh, I want to get fit, uh, or I want to attain this goal. But the truth is, to have an intention is one thing, but until we actually spend time on it, we're never going to get there. It remains intention only. And stuff can live in the realm of intention for a long time. We could have good intentions, but never, never get out of stuck until we start spending our time, right? All of us have different capacities in our gifting. Some of us are better at fixing things. I'm not. Some of us are better at speaking. Some of us have this ability to do all kinds of things. But, so I don't think we can compare ourselves in terms of gifting with other, other people, and that's never a wise thing to do. But the reality is every one of us is given the exact same amount of time. We all get 24 hours in a day. So to say to yourself, I don't have time is a bit of a fib. I don't want to call it a lie, but it is a lie. It is uh, that we are telling ourselves. We'd be more honest with ourselves if we would say, this is how I've chosen to spend my time. Because we all have the same amount of hours. And the truth is, you can waste your time or you can spend your time how you spend your time literally sets the direction of your life so one way to look at it is this an hour and you can look at it as a dollar bill so every day i've got 24 dollar bills Every, every week, I've got $168 bills to spend or waste. Uh, every month, I've got 720 bills to spend or waste. Every year, I've got 8760 And the Bible says, make the most of your time. So, in other words, buy it back from losing or wasting it. Here's what I've discovered about time. Time has a tendency to get away from you. How, how often have you pulled out your phone, thought you were gonna surf through 
whatever social media you like, and you're not even realizing all of a sudden, I have just spent an hour or playing a video game. Hello. Or just watching Andy Griffith on TV in the afternoon. It's, I'm not saying anything's wrong with that, but it's probably not taking you where you want to go. It says, because the days are evil, weeds grow without any effort, right? The garden needs to be tended on a regular basis. And, and the tendency all of us have is toward wasting time. It requires a choice to spend time on purpose, right? Some of your time needs to be spent on purpose. Not all, I'm not talking about, like I had a boss one time that wanted me to write down everything I did in 15-minute increments. Well, that was ridiculous because it took me five minutes for every 15 minutes to stop and figure it out. But I'm just saying... Some of your time, you got, a, you got 24 hours, you got 168 hours, you got 720 hours. How much of that are you spending on your sense of purpose? How much of that are you, are you spending on purpose, specifically on purpose? So if, if your relationship with God is important to you, and it has to be, or you wouldn't be in this room right now or watching online. If your relationship with God is important to you, then is four hours out of 168 in a week, is that too much? Is it worth spending that amount of time on your relationship with God? Uh, one thing I, I, do, I don't like fussing. I don't like to be fussed at, and I don't like to fuss, but I am asking us to think clearly for a moment. If your relationship with your spouse is important to you, but you've been an entire month, 720 hours, and that's spent three or four hours together like on a date night or something, then you're kidding yourself. If you have a dream for the future, a sense of purpose, something that you know God wants you to do, well, how many of the last 720 hours have you spent on developing yourself for that dream, right? You don't have to account for every minute of your life, but to say, I want to go this direction, so some of these hours that I've been entrusted with, I'm going to invest them into studying or praying or loving on people that I, are important to me. I'm not talking about cramming busyness into your day. I'm not talking about make sure every minute is a productive minute. I'm, I'm not into that. But I am talking about taking some of your hours and spend them on purpose. 
and then growing. See, some of our hours are just spent on necessity, right? Sleeping. You got to sleep. Yay. Eating. Waiting for your family to get ready so you can go. Um, you know, I mean, there's... <laughs> all of us have spent time on those necessities. The Bible says that we should look at this understanding what the will of the Lord is. In other words, before you can know how to spend your hours, you kind of have to know how you want to spend your life. Oh, let me put it. Let me let me put it another way. Establish the compass before you set the clock. In other words, what's the direct? Just what's the direction that you want to go in? What do you want to do with your life? What do you What do you feel God wants you to do with your life? What 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 do you want written on your tombstone? He surfed Facebook for hours every day. Hello. That's not a great sense of purpose in life. And the truth is, once you have a sense of purpose, then you can spend time, hours, invest into that purpose. But even if you don't absolutely know your life purpose yet, you could, you could still pursue what you understand to be God's will for you right now. And then as you do that, the small thing turns into the big thing and you more understanding gets released to you. To win the day, you have to start the day right. To win the day, it helps to win the morning. How you start your morning typically sets the tone for the rest of the day. If you're, if you're just barely making it out of bed and you're on your fourth snooze, and that's the regular morning for you, how I many of you know it's hard to walk into your day with a sense of peace Confidence, you're owning the day. The day is owning you, right? Mark Batterson says, consistency beats intensity seven days a week. So part of winning the day is learning how to win the morning. And I know somebody might be saying, uh, well, you know, I'm not really a morning person, but I'm also not an evening person. <laughs> but... If you, if you can win it in the evening, good for you. But I would just give this, this thought. Winning the morning usually means winning the evening before the morning. Just a little thought. Because your morning routine, and most people who are accomplished in life have a morning routine. They have a, they have a little process. They're not 100%. Nobody's 100% but they have a little process for the morning. I get up every morning, go to the bathroom, thank you, weigh myself, 
get my coffee, read my Bible, pray. That's my morning, every morning, like every morning. And now I've, it's taken me a long time, to be honest, to develop that as a routine. And there are some mornings that I'm not perfect with it, but 99% of the time, that's my morning. But here's what I've learned. You can't get up at six o'clock if you went to bed at two o'clock. Hello. Hello. Right? Because I think there's something, there's something big about this whole, the, the Bible says in, in Genesis, God created and the first day there was evening, then there was morning. First day. It actually starts in the evening. And if you can catch this idea, I can't elaborate on it, I don't have the time today, but it's learning how to work from rest rather than having to rest from work, which is a great principle spiritually as well. I'm not, I'm not resting from being tired, I'm actually resting to be ready for the next day. Anyway, I'll just leave that one, that's a freebie. Um, so, one of my favorite Bible stories. Here's a Luke uh, chapter 10, verse 38. They were traveling along. He entered a village. A woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister called Mary who was seated at the Lord's feet listening to his word. Martha was distracted with all her preparations, and she came up to Jesus and said, Lord, don't you care? that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone, tell her to get up off her lazy rear and help me out here. The Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha. When Jesus repeats your name, that's like when, that's like when my parents would go, Kirk, Dennis, Bowman, Martha, Martha. You're worried and you're bothered about a lot of things. But only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. I want to sell you on an idea that has impacted me in a serious way. Jesus said only one thing is necessary. There's a lot of stuff that's important, but there's one thing that's necessary. To sit at the feet of Jesus and listen for what he has to say. All of us lead full, busy lives. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna encourage you to consider adjusting to this mindset, if you're, gonna, if you're gonna eat the frog, if you're gonna do the thing that needs to be done, the necessary thing that needs to be done, you gotta make a spot in your schedule where you can sit at the feet of Jesus and listen for his word. One thing prioritizing, positioning yourself to hear a word from Jesus 
is what's absolutely necessary. Every, that's, the, that's the big frog. Family time is important. Hobbies are important. You do need recreation. Work is important. Exercise is important. Whatever. Whatever you is part of your life. But if you follow the idea of put the big rocks in first to the jar and understand that concept, you've got to make sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening for his word, the big rock. It's, it's, it's the big frog to eat. <laughs> In terms of your time, your scheduling, your priority, what, what absolutely has to happen if I'm going to win the day, this has to happen. If that has not happened, I have not won this day. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God, and God will see to it that all the things you need will be added to you. Y'all know that scripture, right? Matthew 6, 33. And if I could, if I could get us to, to think this way for a minute, the value of this day is won by starting it out at the feet of Jesus. And if I haven't done that, I've wasted this day. I'm not, I don't, I'm not into legalism. I am into tuning into heaven. Your day could be counted as a victory if at some point in the day, maybe it didn't happen in the morning, that's okay. But you gotta be honest with yourself and say, okay, if I really am an evening person, then I'm doing this. Over time, I'm convinced eating this frog will give you victory in every arena of your life. Because when you're in that moment, you're, gonna, you're, you're reading your Bible, maybe you're praying, maybe you're walking around the house worshiping, maybe you're praying in the Spirit, and there's stuff that's going to come to you. Jesus is going to talk to you about your family, your marriage, your kids, your, your finances, your job, your friends. Matthew 4, 4, Jesus said, man shall not live on bread alone, but will live, zoe life, on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. A, a word from God is life to your situation. And he's, Jesus says about Mary, Mary has chosen the best part, the most important part, the one necessary thing. Can I just say, you're not gonna find time for this. You gotta make time for this. If your life is so busy that you can't sit at the feet of Jesus on a regular basis, your life is too busy. Thank you for shouting me down on that incredibly powerful, important statement. 
I'm going to encourage you, delete something so that you can make space somehow. You can't keep adding stuff to your schedule hoping you're going to win in life. Jesus said Mary chose the good part which is not going to be taken away. I, I think a lot of us keep thinking, if I had more, if I knew more, if I did more, life would be better. But I'm going to encourage you to take a different route and get a hold of this idea that why not let God be God and you be a worshiper? Why, why not let God work for you instead of you try to work for God? Come on. He can do way more than you could ever do in a moment. And if, if we would just say, you know what my focus is going to be? That's not gonna, I'm not going to try to cram more stuff in or do more to make. I'm just going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to focus on Jesus. I, I'm going to. I'm going to be a worshiper. I'm going to be obsessed with Jesus. I'm going to listen to the Holy Spirit. That's, and I'm going to, please hear my heart. That can't just stay in the realm of intention. I think once we get this revelation, He is, I am, and I am not <laughs> but he is i can let god be god and instead of asking god to bless my furious efforts to somehow make life work how about take that energy and aim it at a grounded life of worship and devotion I want to pray with you today. Would you bow your heads, please, and close your eyes? And I'm going to ask you to make a, a shift in the way you think about the use of your time, the use of your days, your weeks, your months, your hours. Father, I'm praying for every person in this room. None of us is perfect by any stretch of the imagination. But when I think about the potential, of a bunch of us sitting at the feet of Jesus, hearing what you have to say to us and walking out in that. It's a powerful thought. I'm praying, God. No, we don't want to offer up any excuses about how busy we are, about what's going on. God, we're just going to carve out a moment, an hour, just connect with you with your heads bowed your eyes closed we're just about done with this meeting thank you for your attention today maybe you're here today and you've never surrendered to Jesus I would love to pray with you that's where it really all starts no question it's a relationship maybe you find yourself here today you used to be close to the Lord, but you know you're not where you want to be, where you could be, where you know you should be. I, I would love to pray with you. Maybe, maybe you just don't feel confident about where you stand with God. 
But what I, what I want to see happen is I don't want anybody to leave this room today without a strong sense of confidence. My life is in the hands of God. And if you're saying, Pastor, I, I need to open up my heart. I need to, I need to come back. I, I need to know for sure I'm right with God. Would you pray with me? I want you to lift your hand real high and say, that's me. Would you pray for me? All over this room, just lift your hand up. God bless you. God bless you. Come on, right where you are. Not, not calling on anybody to try to get their act together. God bless you. Just saying, could you surrender? Could you put your life, God bless you. Could you put your life in the hands of God today? Would you do that? I promise you, it would be a decision you will never regret. Anybody else want to be included? Thank you. Back over here. Anybody else? God bless you. Thanks. Thanks all over the room. Hey, could we pray this prayer? This is for those who lifted their hands, but I'd love it if we all just prayed it out loud together. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I open my life to your love, to your Lordship. I need you. I want you in my world as my Lord. I know I've sinned. I've messed up, but I'm coming to the cross where you've paid the price for my forgiveness. Today is a fresh start. It's a new beginning. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord.